Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Good morning, everyone, and welcome back to a Day of Prayer's Morning Bible Study. My name is Layla, and we're glad you could join us this morning. But before we get into the Word, let's take a moment and pray. God, we thank you for who you are, Lord, and how you've made each and every one of us, Lord, that you've fashioned us, Lord, that you have seen our inner parts, God, that you have made us in the image and likeness of your Son, Jesus Christ, Lord. We thank you for our brothers and sisters, Lord, that they're there to walk with us as we pursue you, God, to admonish and edify, Lord, and encourage us when necessary, Lord. And we thank you for your Holy Spirit, who guides us into all truth and shows us things to come, Lord, and takes from the Father and declares it unto us, Lord, so that we know and we can be an active part of your plan, Lord, and your purposes. We thank you for our partners and we thank you for our listeners, Lord. We thank you for the good things you're blessing them with, Lord, that you are causing them to be the heads and not the tails, Lord, that you are causing them to excel, God, and that they're being the light and the salt on the earth, God, and bringing glory to your name, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, good morning and welcome, everyone. We are excited to have you with us and excited to continue I'll say studying the word and are studying the book of Acts together. Thank you for joining us and for listening to the podcast and especially want to thank the our partners, those that have chosen to share in the work of the ministry and building the Lord's house and ensuring that the gospel is both taught and preached throughout the four corners of the earth. It's definitely not us doing it alone. You know, first and foremost, the Lord is the one empowering us to do so, all of us to do so. But um we couldn't do it, I'll say, without his power and without your assistance, right? We're all part of the body. We're all working together to accomplish what he has given us to to do. So I thank you for your heart, your willingness, your dedication to the Lord and your obedience to him. Because I, I know that we are definitely blessed and, and benefit greatly in seeing the Lord move in and through you and by you working in him and in his power but not just us those throughout the world that are i'll say growing in relationship and knowledge of our lord and savior whose lives are completely different who are being blessed by you and i'll say the work of your hands in and through this ministry whether that's by keeping us and all of all of our partners in prayer whether that's by sowing into the ministry or by liking and sharing the episode with others and subscribing on the on the platforms that you find a day of prayer on so others can be blessed and benefited as well. Thank you. Thank you for your heart to the Lord and your obedience to Him. And that being said, um, are we ready to get into the Word? Yes. We're ready to grow in knowledge and relationship with our Lord and Savior? Amen. Yes. Let's All right. do it. Well, let's do it. Let's get into this. And... Could I get a volunteer as we move forward? We're still in Acts 9, but we are going... Can I get a volunteer to read from verse 20 through 31, please? I will. All right, LaCharles. Immediately he preached the 
preached the Christ in the synagogues, that he is the Son of God. Then all who heard were amazed and said, Is this not he who destroyed those who called on this name in Jerusalem and has come here for that purpose, so that he might bring them bound to the chief priest? But Saul increased all the more in strength and confounded the Jews who dwelt in Damascus, proving that this Jesus is the Christ. Now after many days were passed, the Jews plotted to kill him. But their plot became known to Saul, and they watched the gates day and night to kill him. Then the disciples took him by night and led him down through the wall in a large basket. And when Saul had come to Jerusalem, he tried to join the disciples, but they were all afraid of him and did not believe that he was a disciple. But Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles, and he declared to them how he had seen the Lord on the road, and that he had spoken to him, and how he had, been, how he had preached boldly at Damascus in the name of Jesus. So when he was with them at Jerusalem, coming in and going out, and he spoke boldly in the name of the Lord Jesus and disputed against the Hellenists, but they attempted to kill him. When the brethren found out, they sent him to Caesarea and sent him out to Tarsus. Then the churches throughout all Judea, Galilee, and Samaria had peace and were edified, and walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, they were multiplied. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen to that. You know, before we open up the floor, uh, I just want to say this, right? Don't limit the Lord. I just encourage you not to limit the Lord in your life or in your ministry. Right? The, the previous podcast, we were discussing prayer, of all things, right? Yes. Uh, and, of course, how we pattern and fashion our, our, our lives before the Lord, right? But um, one thing we did not touch or cover, right, was prayer. We focused on the laying on of hands or how Ananias did not lay his hands on. No, he did lay he hands. Did, he excuse didn't me, pray yes. for him. That's right. He didn't pray. He mm-hmm. laid his hands on, right? Mm-hmm. But let's, yes. um, as we were discussing that, I didn't bring it up yesterday or in the previous podcast, but I was reminded for this one of Matthew 8, 8, right? And in there, that is the centurion comes to Christ. Did Jesus pray? No. Did no. Jesus go to his house? No. He offered, right? He said, oh, I'll, I will go. And heal him, right? That's what Jesus said. Yes. But what, the, what was the centurion's response? He said, there's no need. I'm, you don't have to come. I'm paraphrasing. You don't have to come enter into my house. I am man of authority. Also, if I say to one person, go and do this, he doesn't. If I say, come here, he comes. So you can do the exact same for my servant. He'll be healed. Exactly. Speak the word only, and my servant will recover. Right? Yes. Which is yes. incredible. He didn't limit the Lord, though. That was his faith, right? In the same way, let's not limit the Lord. If he says to do it whatever way he says to, to do it or say it, right? Let's, let's yes. do it or say it in that manner and allow him to have free reign, right? Yes. Let's not get so caught up or so focused on the, well, have to pray or have to lay hands on, let, right? Let's look, if we look at revival and, you know, in the church and in history. The Lord used people mightily. There were people like David Duplessis who literally just walked to the platform, didn't say a word, didn't acknowledge anyone, was going up to give the message, and never got to bring the message because 
people in wheelchairs were literally thrown across the room, as it were. All right, wheelchairs were tipped yes. over, but they got up, healed, and walked. And that has nothing to do with Mr. Duplessis. Absolutely as not. As far as him bringing that a pass, the spirit of the Lord was present to heal. We see that throughout the Lord um, Jesus's ministry. When the spirit of the Lord was present to heal and everyone was expecting and cooperating, he would take care of what he came to do. Now, Brother Duplessis had an, op- an opportunity and an obligation to set the atmosphere for the Amen. Holy Spirit, but he could not make those healings come forth in that way whether he wanted to or not, that's <laughs> exactly. how the Holy Spirit willed to do it, which was why he wasn't directly involved, if you will. Um, but he, he had an understanding of how to cooperate with the Spirit of God, cooperate in expectation and obedience. And the people were expecting, just like the man that was by the gate, that he was looking for alms, but Holy Spirit showed up with complete and total healing. So yeah, his needs were met, but it was in a way that the, the man did not expect. It was more than what he asked for. And more than he probably could have imagined was ever being able to walk, let alone, you know, leap and dance his way down the street and and go his way healed. So that is from the Lord. And remember that Jesus, when he went to his hometown, the Holy Spirit was present to heal. But they would not believe. They would not receive Jesus. So they therefore only a few minor things were done when all of the same power of God was available. So it, it is us cooperating with the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit does the work. Jesus said even of himself, it's not me doing the work. The father mm-hmm. does the work. Exactly. So it's not the human that does the work. We cooperate with the power of God, but it's God doing the work as he wills. And he will, if we need to lay our hands, if we need to speak a word, he tells us. Exactly. So keeping that in mind as well, it's not a, a formula or a regiment. When Holy Spirit is moving, you do what Holy Spirit tells you because that's how you cooperate. That's why sometimes Jesus um, spoke and cast out demons. Other times he put mud on their eyes. Other times he just said, "Your go your way, your servant will be well, or go your way, your daughter's healed. Other t- he did exactly those things, not because he had a, um, a, a regiment in his mind or was looking for a formula. He was cooperating with the Holy Spirit. Amen. So the formula would be cooperate with Holy Spirit. That if is, he tells you to turn around or dip in the pool three times or seven times, you understand what I'm saying? Whatever yes. he tells you to do, that's what you do. It is not the water that makes the difference. It's what the Holy Spirit says about the water that makes the difference. It's not how many times. It's what Holy Spirit said about how many times. If if the children of Israel marched around Jericho once, when the Lord said how many times? Seven. Okay, then the walls would have been standing up there looking at them, right? They'd still yes. be standing there to this day because they didn't complete what God told them to do as the Spirit of God That's wanted it. to move. But if they had gone around 10 times and ran yelling the whole time, would that wall be down? No. no. It'd be standing there looking at it. And <laughs> everything would have continued on the way it was. But what changed it was the divine obedience. Just Which being, is faith in action. Absolutely. And cooperating because it's God's will being done in the earth, not us telling him, you need to do this, God. So I have just sense that needed to be, be stated. And um, at this time, I want to open up the floor to allow each of you to share what the Holy Spirit speaking and ministering to you and to ask any questions that you have. So who'd like to begin? I would. All right, honey. honey. I just, I wanted to kind of get everybody's thoughts about um, verse 23 and 24. <laughs> 
verse, <laughs> verse, uh, yeah, verse 23 and 25 and um, 23, 24, 25, actually. What are you, what is everybody's thoughts about that? And I'll just read it to refresh. Now, after many days were passed, the Jews plotted to kill him. That's Saul, to kill Saul. But their plot became known to Saul and they watched the gates day and night to kill him. Then the disciples took him by night and let him down through the wall in a large basket. Um, I'm, my immediate um, thought, especially with the basket, would be when the spies came Ray to Rahab and the spies, that's exactly Jericho. what I was thinking. And also with this, it just reminds me of how when you read down further, when he's at Jerusalem, he's arguing against the Hellenists, and they plot to kill. These are the exact people who came to help, and their plot to kill the people of like the disciples of Christ, these are the exact people he came to help in their wrongdoing that want to now get him for it. <laughs> oh, they liked him when he had the letters and was ready to <laughs> yes. smack everybody upside the head and, and kill them and, and imprison them. But they didn't like it when he was converted. Yes. Okay. Amen. Why do you think that is? Because they just want somebody to condone what they're doing and mm. say that they were doing was correct. Because also, if you look at it, um, he, Paul says he had all the qualifications and he was a Pharisee. That's He was a Pharisee of Pharisees. And you can see that he was an authority figure. If you look back in, through the scriptures, especially with Stephen, it makes a point to notice that Saul was there. He was, I'd say, higher up in the ranks of the Pharisees. He wasn't close to the bottom of the barrel or underneath, but he was closer to the top of it. So also with this, Oh, another quick thought. I found it interesting that he could go right to the chief priest and ask for what he wanted. Went to get the letters to kill people? Yes, he didn't go around, have somebody else go for him, ask for something. He just strolled in there and said, give me the letters so I can go do this. Hmm. Yeah, that's because they already knew him. Um, what are your guys, what do you, does anybody else have thoughts about um, verse 23 through 25? Well, I want to bring one thing. We've talked about it a lot through where we are right now. And um, the word disciple comes up a lot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I want to make sure we're looking at that word um, properly. Uh, so I'm going to jump to the inner linear. Surprise, mm-hmm. surprise. <laughs> um, uh, Mathetes is the, is the word used there. And it, um, it's a learner, a disciple, a pupil. So a disciple is nothing more than a pupil, a learner. Mm-hmm. And, and we know that to be one that is seeking to learn all that he can from Christ through the Holy Spirit. Amen. And so it's not a special designation. Um, it's a sign and that you cannot be a disciple. It's just simply that as, as a Christ follower, you are a disciple. Amen, if you're actually following him. But he told them at the end of the Gospels to go make disciples. Right, but that's what, a, right. that's what you do, though, right? You mm-hmm. teach and educate others in the way that you're living life. And, mm-hmm. of course, we know sometimes that we learn the most by teaching. But just wanted to kind of bring that in and then... Um, I just want to kind of try my best I can. I don't really have a really good um, image in my mind to paint a picture. Maybe perhaps my little artist next to me can uh, help me paint a picture to um, help you envision this. But imagine um, from the time that you were a teenager and, uh, and, um, and try to imagine this as a male. One, I'm, I'm a male, so mm-hmm. it makes it easier for me, but I, I think it applies more to males in the culture that we're in, um, that you have been underneath the tutelage of a master. You have been a disciple to someone, mm-hmm. and you've lived your entire life believing that you have rightly interpreted the Scriptures. 
and that you have held yourself to a pious and righteous way of living that you believe is in alignment with the scriptures and that you fully understand the scriptures. So much so that you now become an authority and somebody pops up and uh, you're like this and shines a light that shows me that I've lived my entire life incorrectly in the way that I've lived out and played out the scriptures and God's word and God's law. In fact, Christ, what did he say to them? You're of your father, the devil, mm-hmm. right? So in a, in, a, in a manner of speaking, the implication here is that I thought I was following God rightly all my life only to find out I'm a Satan worshiper. Mm. I mean, that's, that's the flip chart of you know, the other side of this coin that they're getting smacked in the face with. So to embrace... What Paul is saying, they almost have to embrace that ideologically. That meant everything, my entire life, has been false. I've got to flip all this around. Now, unlike Paul, Paul realized the foundation had been laid quite well for him just to make an adjustment in what he had done and turn right, right? But he made, had to make that choice mm-hmm. to do that. So, I mean, not to excuse what the Hellenists, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, any of them were doing, but mm-hmm. just think about it from that reality, that that's the reality these people are living in. Mm-hmm. And, there, and there was no government at the time either. So they're, they're the ruling officials as well. Mm-hmm. So they're setting the standard for all culture and all community and all life to move forward in. And they're flat out wrong. That, that's hard mm-hmm. to swallow. Some, that, and get somebody to admit to that. Yeah. And it's not just admitting, it's a moving forward in it, though, right? Um, as I look at this section, as, as you asked about thoughts, they're, they're vast. <laughs> so um, I, I love how, and Dean, you may want to look this up in the interlinear, but it says how, you know, for several days he was with the disciples at Damascus, right? But it talks about how he grew in strength, right? Mm-hmm. Now, you could look at it in the physical strength of how... Actually, do you have the interlinear? Oh, I'm not trying to rush it or anything, but when he was brought to the the house and the road called Straight, right? Or Street called Straight. <laughs> the Lord is so... He's so funny. <laughs> Get your mind right. Get he straight. was brought there by the hand. He was guided. So you could say he was. there was a weakness there, right? I mean, you couldn't see, right? Yes. But now he's being built up. And and I would say there's a maturing that's happening with Saul, immediately happening. You got well, that, brother? As, as it's um, as it is in the interlinear, it says Saul. However, and important the way this reads, mm-hmm. it may sound almost like I'm a, a Jedi Knight trying to, to say <laughs> so something okay. here. You know the the, the way that it's, uh, but they're not trying to massage the translation here. They're giving right. us the words. Saul, however, all the more was empowered and kept confounding the Jews. Mm, so they're okay. saying he was empowered. Exactly. And as as we look at that, um, that's uh, endunamo, mm-hmm. uh, to yep. fill with power, strengthen to make strong, and it's from uh, dunamo, or, or we we probably dunamis is another word that we know. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, again, to empower, enable, increase, strengthen, make strong. Exactly. So there is a maturing. That we're seeing with Saul take place. Because as soon as he received the Lord and was empowered by the Holy Spirit, filled with the Holy Spirit, what did he do? It says he immediately began to proclaim Jesus in the synagogues. Right? But yes. then it talks about, yes, as we just pointed out, he kept increasing in strength and confounding the Jews. 
But then it gets to a point where after some time, however many days it says, we don't know the exact period of how many, I'll say amount of time that had passed, right? But it says that now they're plotting to kill him. We've seen this pattern before uh, with all yes. the disciples, right? Yes. yes. With each and every one after Christ ascended. They're being persecuted. They're being chased down. Right? Saul was part of it, right? Yes. He, he was He was the, I'll say, the, the chief apostle, the, the main perpetrator of persecuting the church, right? Yes. yes. But then, there, I love this part of it. It says in verse 25, but his disciples. These are people that Paul is training and raising up. Wait. Were we reading? Verse 25. It, oh, it says nine. how the uh, chapter nine. nine yes. Okay. It says how. Mine says the disciples. The Jews were watching. Oh, okay. Well, this version says, but his disciples took him by night and let him down. So he was with disciples. And now there's, there are disciples. My, my version says his, right? Yes. So people, because Paul has been preaching and teaching the word, immediately started doing that. Now he is people that he is building up as he has been built up and continues to grow in strength and knowledge and right the infilling and dwelling of the Holy Spirit in his life, manifesting now in the life of others, and they are helping him. And I, I was reminded of um, Matthew in Matthew ten, uh, beginning of verse sixteen. Right, uh, the Lord talks about. I'll say the the difficult path before his disciples, right? And then he says, I send you out as sheep in the midst of wolves, right? But then he continues and says exactly what we see executed here with Saul. It says in verse 23, says this, Whenever they persecute you in one city, flee to the next. For truly I say to you, you will not finish going through the cities of Israel until the Son of Man comes. And then he, he goes into, in verse 24, the, I'll say the meaning of discipleship, right? A disciple is not above his teacher, nor a slave above his master. It is enough for the disciple that he become like his teacher and the slave like his master, right? And But then he the Lord continues to encourage his disciples, saying, don't fear them, right? Yes. Do not fear them. And then everyone who confesses me before men, I'll confess him before my Father who's in heaven. Right? You see these exact things being played out immediately in Saul's life. Living like the Messiah. And even later, he, he writes, follow me as I follow Christ. Right? In other words, there's, there's also the built-in, if he's not following Christ, don't follow him. But what is it, what are we seeing? We are reading about they that were alive at that time. We're seeing and experiencing and reading about the same things that happened to Christ was happening to him. He's going from one place to the next. There were people that were supposed to know, or I'll say had studied out the faith and the scriptures that weren't living by them, that were convicted, that refused to allow the Lord to to correct them and to bring them back into alignment, perfecting them in what he's doing, the Lord is doing, through his servant, right? Yes. Yes. But Saul is 
just going with the Lord, allowing the Lord and the Holy Spirit to move in and through him, to empower him, to build up others, encouraging them, building up their faith, and, and giving others the opportunity to come into agreement and alignment with Jesus, the Christ, as and, and put him in his rightful place as their Lord and Savior. So, so honey, you were asking about, um, you know, just, just, I say thoughts and observations on that, but we see the growth and we also see it does not take a long time with those that are, that choose to be fully submitted to the Lord. And that goes for each and every one of us. The Lord's no respecter of persons. Natural people tend to put Saul, later Paul, up on this pedestal and, and try to emulate him. And he's saying, no, 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 emulate Christ. Right. He didn't say, follow me instead of following Christ. Exactly. <laughs> he said, follow exactly. me as I follow Christ. But we see, so it, there's that, but there's also the, exactly what Jesus said, a fulfillment of the scriptures in the example of Saul, right, later Paul right? Where exactly the things that he said, hey, they're going to persecute you in one city, flee to the next, and, and the next, why? Because it's about getting the message out to the four corners of the earth. Jesus is Lord. Mm. He's the Messiah. And there is a guarantee of persecution. I think we need to swallow that sometimes. We always want people to receive us and to like what we're saying and to accept us and to love us and, you know, things to be easy and sweet because we come to Christ and there is a part of our life that does become sweet, but the world is still going to continue to hate Jesus and <laughs> you because you look like him. And he's going, the world is going to continue to persecute uh, followers of Christ because the adversary is always trying to persecute the Lord. He's always trying to destroy what God is doing, but God has already destroyed his works. So just, you know, keep that in mind and stay encouraged. That's a part of this, that's a part of this walk with him is to be persecuted and to be rejected and to be accused and to be slandered and for people to try to plot against you. But it doesn't mean that you've made the wrong choice in following Christ. Mm -hmm. Amen. Well, we're, we're about up on time, so let's pause there for today. And with that, can I get a volunteer to close out in prayer, please? I will. All right, I promise. Lord, just thank you for today, Lord. Just thank you for giving us everything that we need, Lord. And like us, just thank you for just telling us what you want, Lord, so that we're able to fulfill it, Lord. And Lord, I also just thank you for providing a way of escape no matter what, Lord. In the name of Jesus, amen. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, we love you. God bless you. And have a wonderful day. We hope you've enjoyed listening to A Day of Prayer's Morning Bible Study. This year, Pastor John and I are believing for 1,000 new partners to believe God with us and join in the work of the ministry. God is doing great things through A Day of Prayer, and we want you to be a part. If the Lord has placed on your heart to partner with us, please contact us online at adayofprayer.org. Click on the menu and select partner. Complete the form and we'd love to hear from you. Thank you again. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. 
We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, take care and God bless you.